And hello, movie lovers. And tonight, I actually have Brad from Canada with me. He's actually the co-host for Scene Invaders. We're going to be getting into it with our Leon, the professional review. So let's go on ahead. Let's get on with it. All right. How you doing, Brad? Very good, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're know welcome. How I- you know how excited I am about this movie. This is my all-time favorite movie. This is the same here. This is actually one of my favorite movies as well, and I'm glad that I actually get the chance to do this with someone that loves Leon the professional just as much as I do. And in case anybody doesn't know, I'm just going to give a little small uh, plot points with this, but Leon is an Italian hitman who happens to be a cleaner, and he also works in New York City at Little Italy, Little, Little Italy working from Mafaso's named Old Tony. And one day, Leon meets uh, Matilda Lando, a lonely 12-year-old girl. Matilda lives with her dysfunctional family in an apartment down the hall from Leon. And that's all you need to know, because the rest of it is Brad and I reviewing this film. So... Here's the thing. I remember seeing this movie. I've been, I remember seeing the poster and all that stuff over on Blockbuster as a kid. And I never once decided, Hey, look, I want to check this out. Then again, I was like maybe 10 years old. So something like that doesn't really pop into my mind that I want to check this film out. And then a couple of years later, I wind up checking this out. We have a very young 12 year old Natalie Portman playing Matilda. The chemistry between Leon and also um, Matilda is very good. I just want to point that out there and, you know, uh, I'll let you go on ahead and go into some of your points though. Oh, well, like yeah, the chemistry between them is amazing. Like you could knew that Natalie Portman was going to be a star just from the way, like she was 12 years old and she could carry the weight of a movie. Um, Leon Jean Renault was almost the secondary character. They were co-stars. They they were not a one begets the other. They just they worked in tandem. Not to mention the rest of the cast that are like heavy hitters too. Like you have uh, like Gary Oldman for God's sakes, a guy that can like act any part, any part in the world, and just like amazing amazing performances across the board i was 19 when i saw this i did the same thing i didn't i didn't see it in the movie theater i uh i rented it at blockbuster because the title card the poster was just a simply leon the professional in red and had jean renault looking up very unassuming then you flip the back do a little bit of raiding like you you've had to see this and I am so glad I did. I rented it. I watched it. I invited a friend over, my buddy Kyle. We watched it. He looked at me with wide eyes like, what are you making me watch? I'm like, this is fascinating. And then I watched it again. And I think I ended up owing like $74 by the time I actually took it back. It would have been cheaper for you to buy it. Back in the day, in 1994, if you wanted to buy a videotape, a freaking videotape, which is about that big, Right. Uh, was about $110 and I bought it. I bought it and I watched it till it was onion skin thin. I love this movie so much. I love this movie a lot. And also too, you can actually pick up on things that you didn't see before the first time going into this film at all. Cause it's been years since I've seen this movie. So I, it's actually on Netflix for people who are wondering where they can stream it at. It's actually on Netflix for you to stream. And that's where I watched it. But you know, when you first get introduced to this thing, you actually see bodyguards running away from something. You don't know what to expect. Then all of a sudden, you see this one guy just by himself with these dual guns. And then yeah. Leon pops out. 
out of this closet and he puts uh puts his boss on the phone puts and a, holds puts the, an, it, the the gentleman is a he's a heroin dealer that is in town that really does not have permission his name's Maurizio he does not have permission from the big boss in little italy to be there so he's there and so they send leon to just convince him leon convinces him by killing his entire crew and then sneaking up behind Maurizio in a very Batman-esque like type and just pulls a knife to his throat and has a cordless phone, tells Maurizio to dial the number. Maurizio's already on the phone because he's dialed 911. He's like, someone's trying to kill me. Someone's trying to kill me. Maurizio calls Leon's boss. They have a little exchange. <laughs> and John and I were talking about this earlier. Right. Jean Renault has very little dialogue in this movie because tough guys don't have to tell you they're tough. So he does not have to brag. We were talking about if this was a Quentin Tarantino movie, Leon would have said, his 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 boss said, make Maurizio understand, then let him go. If it was Tarantino, Leon would have had about a 15-minute diatribe of how I'm going to kill everybody you love, their pets, you're going to go to their funeral. I'm going to make a list and kill all them and then them and then them. And you will have nobody. And it would have been about 15 minutes worth of I'm a tough guy. Leon looks at him and said, do you understand? And then just walked away. Yeah. And then and he just disappears into so, the shadows. So cold. So perfect. It was terrifying. It, it was, was terrifying. And to me, that's what you need. You need something that is something so simple to actually say instead of a big, huge dialogue. Well, and you can be just as threatening with just something with someone, do you understand? And then he goes, I understand. And then the guy is over there about to piss on himself. You can definitely tell oh, that. Absolutely. And like, he's shaken up. Leon goes back into the shadows and goes about his day like nothing even happens. And it's just one of those things where it's it, like very it's, haunting. It's, it's just a day in the life. That's his job. That is and that's his job. what I love. He is the assassin. Now we've we've recently we get movies like John Wick and The Raid and all these really, really great movies. I love I'll never say a bad thing about any of them. But the assassin is such an elite glamorous position to be in. You have you have Mustangs, you have big cars, you have dogs that your wife gave you and like mansions. Leon is not live a charmed life. He lives a very sad life in which where all he does is drink milk. He's got a big thing for milk. He does sit-ups, goes to matinees and watches Gene Kelly movies, and he loves his houseplant. He sleeps sitting up with sunglasses on, with the lights on, in a very uncomfortable chair yep. with a gun in his hand. You ever slept in a chair, John? Yep, I tried to. As a matter of fact, we actually had, yeah, it does. Because next thing you know, your back starts cramping, you are sitting uncomfortably, and you just can't get comfortable at all. So therefore, you wind up with all these cricks in your neck and everything. I don't know how Leon does it. He <laughs> wants to be uncomfortable because he wants to be ready all the time. He cannot truly get comfortable. He cannot truly get happy. You see him sitting in the back of the theater because he doesn't want anybody behind him. Right. That, that's, that's just his tradecraft. 
Yeah, that's something else I wanted to talk to you about, though, too. The little small things like that is what make that develops the character for me that I really liked about him. Because, yes, he lives in the apartment by himself, but it's the stuff that he does within the apartment itself about characterization of the character. Oh, yeah. And, and the built small. up. Yeah. And it's just your classic hitman. There's nothing really kung fu about it or anything like that. It's one of those things where, you know, it's about this guy who's struggling with his own problems and just in the day of the hitman. And like you said before, though, with him being in the movie theater, I like how he's sitting in the back because he never knows who's going to be watching him. No. And therefore he's always on edge. That's not a very glamorous life. And he does nothing. He, he goes on jobs. Uh, Apparently he gets $5,000 a hit from when he actually explains to Matilda, the girl that, well, let's, let's just, let's just explain the plot. Matilda is the 12 year old girl. Like I said, we lives in the shitty apartment down the, down the hall from him. She's abused her father, her stepmother, her stepsister and her brother. Her father's a drug dealer. Her mother's a prostitute. Her stepsister is a burgeoning prostitute and her little brother. All she does is take care of her little brother. That's it. You see her smoking cigarettes at 12 with a bloody nose. So, you know, she got a backhand from her dad or her from her stepmom. And she sees Leon walk back and forth. And she always just has a little quip from him. Like, does life suck all the time or just when you're a kid? Now, Leon being very not so honest. honest. Yes, honest. He looks at it and says, always, always, always sucks. Always this hard. And he goes on his way. Right. He comes back from a job. Matilda, uh, Natalie Portman, asks if she can go to the market for him. She's just looking for some kind of connection, some kind of yes. He says, you drink milk, right? He says, yes, whatever. Just kind of get out of my hair. I just, I'm alone, solitude, don't want to talk to anybody. She goes off to the market, and then her family is slain by a gang. Right, because... A gang is consisting of uh, Gary Oldman and some unknown actors, but my God, do they ever pull it off? Now, you find out later that this gang that slayed them are corrupt cops that are selling drugs through Matilda's father. He comes out and murders everybody in just a grotesque, awful scene because Stan, Gary Oldman, is a drug addict himself. I have no idea what drug he takes, but he, like, YouTube Gary Oldman professional taking a pill, and it'll make your skin crawl, and you will want to watch it. Matilda comes home as the bloodbath is happening, and she walks, keeps on walking, knocks on Leon's door because she can't go anywhere. Well, she's crying her eyes out, and it's well, so another thing, heartbreaking. Another thing, too, Brad, is whenever she's walking by that room, you actually hear one of the other characters say, how do you kill a four-year-old kid? So at that point, her yeah, brother her, is dead. He, she hears, and toddler. she's and another thing, too, is when we're introduced to this character, Matilda, she's smoking a cigarette, like you said, but she's also a 
person that it has to grow up so fast in life to the point oh, yeah. where she has to try and protect her brother and everything. And then now she realizes I can't protect him anymore because now he's dead. But in order for me to protect my own stuff now, I have to act like I'm the tough one. And so when she goes over to Leon's door, like you mentioned, she's scared out of her mind, but she still keeps her composure. Scared out of her mind. Leon lets her in just out of compassion that he does not have regularly. Lets her in and just keeps her. She passes out because of just the trauma. He, she doesn't know he's a hitman. She's just a guy that walks around. She discovers he's a hitman when she finds all the weapons. He says, what do you do? He says, I'm a cleaner. Cleaner. Then through a ridiculous twist, Leon does not know about children. He doesn't know about anything. He's an illiterate man who just probably came out of the French military and just like showed up and is put to work by by Tony. And he teaches her how to be a cleaner because she asks him to, because she wants revenge on these cops for killing her little brother. And so, so what what is it what is a broken man who has no social skills do? He trains a twelve year old girl <laughs> how to be a, an assassin, a hitman. Exactly. And I like how he goes through the rules with her about about being a, a cleaner. He goes, so you clean. You want to be a cleaner. Okay. Well, he goes, well, first thing is first. You got to learn to not keep the scope open. You have to uh, do it with a blind eye. Yeah, there's there's a scene where they're on a rooftop and she has a sniper rifle and she opens up the scope and he's like, no, no, no. Reflect the sun, see for miles, keep it close until you find your target. Then you open it. And it's just the subtle little things. She tries to prove herself that she's a badass. So she takes one of his handguns and starts shooting out the window. So he grabs her. They move apartments. And he tells her, he says, you can't do that. That's not professional. He's not chastising her for shooting a gun. He's chastised her saying, this is not how professionals work. You want to do this, I'm going to show you. But he does have a soft spot for her, naturally. When she, he's, he's one of my favorite scenes is he's at uh, Marie, or excuse me, not Maurizio, Tony's getting in information on a new job. And he looks outside and he sees a guy talking to Matilda. And he cuts his, he cuts his meeting short, walks up. And grabs a cigarette out of her hand and says, you got to stop smoking. And he's like, okay. And you have to stay where I stay. Okay. And he looks at the guy and says, and stay away from him. He looks like a weirdo. And she doesn't want anybody. <laughs> like Now, is, is that him having compassion for her? Or is that him worried that his cover is going to get blown? That's through As the movie rolls, it, there is the... You need to be professional, but I am starting to care for this girl in a paternal way. Most definitely, because I believe this, like this is like a father and daughter kind of relationship that they actually have Absolutely. to the point to the point where it's like, OK, well, I got to protect her from these other people and everything, too. Not only the drug dealers or anything like that, but I got to take I also have to take charge on people that are going to take advantage of her exactly. because it's a scary world out there, too. 
So he's actually oh. protecting her from the he's outside the, world. He's the scariest. And, so he knows what to look for, which is scary. Exactly. And then also, too, I like how his character changes from a character that sits in this comfortable, uncomfortable positions to all of a sudden he's letting his guard down to where he can actually sleep. He does sleep in a bed for the first time in what seems like years. They never really say the the timeline, but like he sleeps in a bed. She watches over him. He snores, apparently. Uh, still sleeps with a gun. Wakes up very disheveled, very what's going on. And throughout it, she discovers that the gang that killed her, her family, her brother, which she's most concerned about, are corrupt cops. So she goes to the police station with a pizza box and a bunch of guns. Now she's discovered by Gary Oldman, Stan and Leon has to go get her. And he does. He goes in the police station, smacks out a few cops, shoots the rest and, and gets her, which promotes Stan to get the entire SWAT team. There is a very famous, if you just type Leon the Professional everyone right now in YouTube, you'll see Gary Oldman screaming everyone. So he gets every SWAT member to converge to take out Leon. Which is hilarious, though. The way that he conducts it is just dark comedy altogether. Oh, because he is, like, as he's on this pill, like I said, I don't know what this pill is, but you see him twist his neck and roll it, and he's having a good time. And, I, I you know, we've, we've spoiled so much, I don't want to spoil the ending. Okay, that's, that's fine, we don't have to. It, 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 like, if we have not sold this movie just on the things, like, Leon takes her on hits in the director's cut, uh, so if you can find the director's cut, check that one out. There's about an additional nine minutes of of footage that really, really adds to it. Um, he, he displays the rules beyond being professional. No. He gets about $5,000 a hit. And his rule that was adopted by, um, I believe, the movie The Boondock Saints. Yeah, The Boondock he, Saints. He said, no women, no kids. That That's his only rule. I guess he'll kill anybody, but you don't kill women. You don't kill children, which good up for us men. Exactly. We're up for, we're up for grabs. That's not <laughs> fair. It's not fair in 2022. This is 1994, people. <laughs> right. But another thing, too, is I like how also, too, where you wind up seeing Tony questioning um Leon, though, too, because he wants to actually train Matilda. He goes, well, I need the trainer. Talking about the sniper rifle. Right. And he goes, he goes, wait, why do you need the sniper rifle for? He goes, to train. To train. He, do, he, he does not let Tony know that he's training a young lady, but when he requests the weapon, he's like, these, these are for amateurs. And that was the one thing. He says, the rifle is for your first hit the knife is for your last hit because the knife you get close they very very great foreshadowing with the uh with the opening scene i also wanted to talk about this other scene though too when you actually see leon going to this italian restaurant or this restaurant and he just comes out and just shoots everybody at that table 
Yeah. And leaves one guy there just to tell the story. And that's and yeah. that's what I loved about it. It's this movie is so entertaining. It, it really is. And when you when you sit back and you like we're we're not selling it properly. When you sit back and you realize that you have this professional assassin training a 12-year-old girl, it, it makes you shake your head, but it makes so much sense. Definitely. You're you're on board for it and you're rooting for her to get the training to achieve her goal. Get that revenge and then also too, maybe her and Leon could actually do hits together. It's it, your mind will go through this whole entire emotional roller coaster of like, okay, so what happens after this? Do they go on their own event? Do they go their own way? Does she wind up becoming well, she, a cleaner? It goes through like, well, she she goes to Tony. Right. Um, and he has money for her and such, you know, it's kind of foreshadowing what happens, but she's like, well, I can work, I can clean. And he's like, no, you're a 12 year old goddamn girl. No, like you, you can't subject that. So she kind of just goes on her way and Tony somewhat takes care of her at the request of Leon in case anything happens to him. Right. It was, it's, it's, it's a weird loyalty that Tony has for Leon, but we were talking earlier, there is somewhat of a, a curious relationship between Tony and Leon that is kind of broken when, when Matilda shows up and Leon's missing hits and just kind of enjoying being a human with matilda right like i said that's the great thing about the characterization and also too i like character arcs where the character starts changing and starts yes. doing things because if it was just a hitman and that's all we got it when we would actually okay this character's one-dimensional but then once we get into it he starts becoming getting these layers to him in the middle of the movie to where you actually care about him become more invested wants, into his character that he wants more he nobody ever told him he was allowed to have more and through matilda through just basic humanity i mean he starts out as an illiterate she teaches him how to read and write she helps navigate getting a new apartment for him with him various things that he would have to rely on other people for and now he can do it himself and the more that he starts learning the basics the more he realizes maybe i'm entitled to something more most definitely. But um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with this film? Or uh, Luc Besson is a master director who will never rely on CGI to tell a good story. CGI was not a big thing in 94. The effects are amazing. The action is on point and almost believable. Everything has weight. The story has weight. Natalie Portman's amazing performance has weight. Jean Reno's amazing performance has weight. This got Jean Reno started that got him future roles in Hollywood and made people just realize might not have been the best roles, you know, between the Pink Panther and Godzilla and stuff like that. But, you know, those are paycheck roles that he uh, he could live pretty comfortably on. And we all know what happened to Natalie Portman, for God's sakes. Exactly. Like Oscar winner, Black Swan. Uh, 
Queen Amidala, like just an amazing, amazing actress that uh, hasn't even really peaked yet. No, we'll see her for Love and Thunder. I can't wait to see her show back up in Thor and Love and Thunder. Oh, also, so too, I want to mention the soundtrack for a minute. The film now, hmm. the soundtrack for the film was released in '94. TriStar Music. It was also commercially successful in Japan, being certified gold for a hundred thousand copies, and shipped in December of 1999. I had one of the copies. I bought the CD. Oh wow, that's actually pretty cool. I bought the CD. I wish I still had it. Uh, <laughs> got lost in the shuffle of a bad breakup (laughs) but i i would do it again very mood music they're like it's not no tracks of slap on or anything like that but it's just it puts you in a either a very soothing or uncomfortable mood check it out which is actually on spotify which is actually perfect for leon because he sits in an uncomfortable position if you choose it so yeah he he is the most uncomfortable professional coolest character in the world he is he is one of my top top five favorite characters of all time same so i think that's gonna do it as far as the review goes and stuff like that but brad thank you so much oh john thank you so much when you told me that you wanted to review this i was like oh my god i can't wait to watch that and then you said you want to be part of it i'm like oh my god i can't believe it thank you so much i really do appreciate it Anytime, man, because I'm a huge fan of this film. And what better way to do this with another person that loves Leon, the professional, like as much as I do and appreciates this film for what it is, than to talk to you about it. So uh, you're very welcome. And so with that being said, that's going to be it for the show for tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to have one of my good friends, Mike Perkins, on. We're going to be talking about our top 10 sci-fi movies. And then that's going to be 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And then... The next day, we're actually going to be doing a reminiscing with John, with my friend Kyle, and we're going to be talking about our childhood movies and fandoms. So we're going to be doing that 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So I can't wait to be doing that. And so that's everything that you need to know about Movie Lovers Unite over here. But of course, Brad, where can people follow you? Uh, Because I know you're a co-host on another podcast. Yes. Well, um, First of all, watch everything John talked about. That sounds like a lot of fun. Movie Lovers Unite is doing amazing things. But if you want to check out something else, you can go to the Scene Invaders podcast. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or switch that around. And watch us on YouTube. That's Scene Invaders, wherever you get your podcasts. We have a bunch of shows doing recaps on The Boys. I'm doing one coming up on Miss Marvel. we got the guys covering Obi-Wan. And anything and everything. So that's sceneinvaderspodcast.com. Check us out. All right. And always until next time, guys, have a great and safe night and bye bye.